0: Welcome to Important Not Important. My name is Quinn Emmett.
1: And I'm Brian Colbert-Kennedy.
0: And this is the podcast where we dive into a specific topic or question that affects everyone, including you. Everybody on the planet right now or in the next 10 years or so, if it can kill us or turn us into CRISPR robots, uh, we are in. Our guests are scientists, doctors, engineers, politicians, astronauts, even irreverent. Uh, we work together towards action steps our listeners can take with their voice, their vote, and their dollar.
1: Uh... Also, this is your evergreen reminder that you can send us questions uh, or thoughts or feedback. Uh, you can do it on Twitter at imp, or you can email us at fun talk at mm-hmm. ImportantNotImportant.com. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hit us up. Uh, this week's
0: episode is, the state that's not a state is a hell of a lot greener than your state.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm. Love that episode. Uh, uh, our guest is Jamie DeMarco. He's a state-level carbon pricing coordinator with the Citizens Climate Lobby. Uh, the group we've talked with before, who's just out there saving our collective assets every single day, no big deal. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Jamie is dedicated to passing state-level legislation that will serve as a model and inspiration for national lawmakers, and I'll stop talking
0: now. Yeah, and that's just such a gentle way of putting it, right? Passing state-level legislation will serve as a model and inspiration for national lawmakers, (laughs) okay? Just like, (laughs) get your fucking shit together. Yeah. Look at us out here, doing it, knocking it out.
1: Pretty impressive. And what
0: are they doing? They're like, you know what we should do? Poison more babies. Uh, Let's poison some more babies. No, hey, well, Jeff, what's the thing that poisons the babies that we outlawed? What's that thing? Can we put that? We can put that back? Let's poison some more babies. I don't
1: want to put... I don't think it's
0: a bad idea. Right? I don't think... I mean, Jamie would never poison a baby. No. Right? Right? He's a sweet man. He seems like a pretty sweet man. Leader. Mm-hmm. Leader. Leader among men and women and people who don't identify as any of those things. We're all of those things. All of the people. We're open to all of them. As long as we save the planet, we'll take
1: <laughs> like, it. Like, seriously... Do whatever. I just want to have I, a planet to live I on. I
0: genuinely do not care. Uh, all right, let's go talk to Jamie. All right. Our guest today is Jamie DeMarco and together we're going to talk about the state that's not a state is greener than your state. Uh Jamie, welcome. Hey, thanks
1: very much for having me. We're very happy to have you. Mhm. Uh let's let's get started by just telling uh just go ahead and tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Jamie DeMarco.
2: I work at the Citizens Climate Lobby and I help states advance just and effective climate policies.
0: Sounds pretty good to me. That seems all right. Um, I think so, too. (laughs) Jamie, why don't you give us a 30 second version of uh, how you got into that and how you found yourself in D.C.? Well,
2: you know, like a lot of people, I've cared a lot for a long time. And a few years ago, back um, when I was still in college, I got so fed up with everything and the climate and our use of fossil fuels that I decided not to be part of the problem anymore. And I actually quit riding in cars for about two years. Nice. And for two years, I would ride in bikes, I would take public transportation. I make very occasional exceptions for like Thanksgiving. But other than that, no cars for years. And it was really hard and strained a lot of my relationships. But I felt <laughs> it was important. And then I started volunteering with a campaign down in Asheville, North Carolina to close the Asheville coal plant. Mm -hmm. And that's part of a larger Beyond Coal campaign that has, I think, secured the retirement of about 250 or about half of the U.S. coal fleet. That's amazing. And I started wondering to myself, like if all these people who did this work and made this happen had ridden their bikes instead of organizing, then how many more coal plants would be operational today? And that's when I decided to stop making my goal to not be part of the problem. And I started making my goal to be part of the solution. And I got back in the car and I've been organizing ever since.
0: Man, I really like that. And and there is, there is a difference between the two, right? Saying I'm not going to be part of the problem anymore. And I'm going to be part of the solution. Huge. But there's not, uh, that's not to say that one is worse than the other. It's just that there, there are degrees of, of participating in in solving Mm -hmm. this thing and taking this thing on. Well, I mean, it starts, it's anything. It's like acknowledging like you have a, a, a shitty boyfriend, a girlfriend, which is like, <laughs> a, a, you know, uh, start start to recognize the red flags. Right. Right. Uh, acknowledge them, maybe publicly, like you said, uh, start to tell people I only ride my bike and then start to not participate in them anymore. And then you you move to to being proactive about it. Right. And saying, "Wait, what can I actually do about this on a on a on a on a micro scale? on a macro scale, on a grander scale, which is getting into policy. Because as as much as we talk about today, and this is why we like to get and build to specific places where people can have an effect with their voice, their vote, and their dollar. uh, And we really do get specific, like literally what is the URL to send people to. It's really hard for people to, again, like we were saying offline, listen to a podcast about climate change or about uh, clean energy or about antibiotics and, and for them to listen and go like great, but what the fuck do I do about that? Because it, it's it's mm-hmm. as as many people as have gotten engaged maybe for the first time in their life in the past couple of years. Cough cough. White people. Um, it, <laughs> it 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 it's hard. It's a leap, right? And just right. like saying, oh, I'm gonna become a, I'm gonna become someone who meditates. Everybody knows <laughs> uh, uh, the 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 bad way to build a habit is not to say I'm gonna start by meditating 45 minutes today. No, you're fucking not. Right. No one does that. You start by meditating one minute a day, and and start mm-hmm. to do those things. And so I, I I really like how you dialed into and, and talked about you know oh, I started this way, and then I built to that. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of dig. I into I think it's that pretty today.
1: important because if a lot of people don't <clears throat> do that and they just try to go to the big thing first and fail, and then then you then you feel like you didn't do a good job and you give up and you and you you know you don't continue down that path where if you just would have started small, took the baby steps, then you would have gotten somewhere. It's pretty important, I think, for sure. And we're all on our own journey, and yeah, we all yeah. have our part to play. Yeah, absolutely. And there are certainly guidelines from people
0: who've been there before and done these things. Again, whatever the whatever whatever the the mission is that you're you're finding yourself on or you're exploring taking on, uh, so there are guideposts where, uh, that can help you align yourself. Um, but, but you don't have to just, just jump into it and go like drive down to Asheville and fight for a coal plant. I mean, right, that's right. great. If You want to fucking do that? Awesome. Do it. <laughs> just saying like, we get it right. We're it's beautiful busy. down there. Yeah, uh, it is. It is pretty incredible down there. I ran a Spartan race down there last year. Nice. Um, huh? um, that was beautiful and terrible at the same time. Um, a beautiful kind of pain. Yep. 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 That's what I'm in for.
1: Awesome. Groovy. So, uh, uh reminder to everyone, uh, what we do on this show, uh, is provide context. <laughs> for our question or our topic of the day. And then we dig into action-oriented questions uh, that will um, make everybody uh, give a shit and want to do something about it. Uh, uh, And that's it. Yeah, rock and roll. So,
0: Jamie, uh, we do start with one important question uh, to really Mm -hmm. set the tone for this fiasco. Uh, Instead of saying, tell us your life story uh, in full, we like to ask, Jamie, why are you vital to the survival of the species? (laughs)
2: Well, I I think
0: the truth truth
2: is, you're not going to like this boldless answer, Uh -uh. but I am not. I think I could be hit by a bus tomorrow and it wouldn't change the course of the the climate movement. And I think that's beautiful. I mean, I think our movement is beautiful because it is distributed. We are leaderful. We're not relying on any one person anywhere, any one person to tell us what to do. We're trying to move from a grid where we have big coal plants, big gas plants that are creating Mm -hmm. a lot of electricity and giving that to everybody else to sort of like point and distribute to a grid where we have thousands, thousands like a starscape of solar panels and windmills scattered all across the country and people are empowering each other. And I think that's sort of a metaphor for the way our movements are going from a, a leader who everyone knows who sort of gives power to everyone else to a movement where there's a web of people empowering each other.
0: I love the way you just compared yourself to his decentralized uh so like, <laughs> like Brooklyn community uh shared solar setup. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. I, nerdy and poetic. But like you said, uh, you know, it's uh if you go down, which again, no one here is hoping that Jamie goes down. Please don't get hit by a bus. But at, but like, you know, if uh in Virginia, if the Surrey nuclear plant goes down, like a uh, bunch of shit goes bad, right? But it. But if uh, one solar panel goes down, then um, then then if it's if it's built well, th- then then people still have some power. That's the goal. It's about resiliency. I like that. I like that a lot. Um. All right. So uh, let's set up some context for today's chat. Let's so do it. um, uh, again, you you express the the desire to get wonky. So this is going to hopefully set that up a <laughs> little bit. Uh, Brian is our anti wonk. Um and so Brian stop wow. and ask stop and ask questions. Don't I just don't think we've used
1: anti wonk before? But I like it.
0: Yeah, well, that <laughs> might that might become a new T-shirt.
1: All right, so here's the deal, folks.
0: Renewable Portfolio Standards RPS. Renewable portfolios. Okay. Mm-hmm, okay. The portfolio <laughs> of how a state creates its energy, right? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Require utilities to ensure that a percentage or a specified amount, like a raw amount of the electricity that they sell comes from renewable resources. So, uh, you know, in the past it might have, or probably was just all oil or all coal or a mix of them. And now uh, these things are diversifying in a lot of places and they're very different in very different places across the country. Is it like state by state? Yes. Okay. Um, So it's state by state. Uh, There's a few main grids in the country and then there's places like Texas that has their own, right? Right. So... (laughs) <laughs> but there's all these different uh, states and all these different things. So the, so these things are decided on the state level. Uh, roughly half of the growth in U.S. renewable energy generation since like 2000 can be attributed to state renewable energy requirements, mm-hmm. right? The momentum is building on these things uh, as it became uh, as it started with sort of this is a cool thing to do. We should be a leader here to oh, fuck, we should we need to do, to do this. this right. right. So uh, I, I believe this is accurate. Uh, Twenty nine states. Uh, Washington D.C. and three territories have adopted uh, some version of an RPS, while eight states and one ter- territory have set uh, renewable energy goals. Uh, I'm not totally sure of the difference, yeah. uh, but we'll get into that here. Uh, where did one it- is binding? Okay, great. So there you go. One is actually binding, and and the uh, which is I'm assuming is the RPS right. and and yes. goals. Like your goal to work out every day is not necessarily <laughs> binding, right? But right? hopefully,
1: it's on the way to becoming <laughs> binding. Theoretically, yes.
0: right. Um, But it's a difference between, like, I'm going to do this every day and, like, emailing 10 friends and saying, uh, punch me in the nuts if I don't work out every day, right? One becomes more binding than the other. So, where did it start? You'd be surprised, but Iowa was the first state to establish an RPS. (laughs) So, uh, on the other hand, here's the states that haven't done shit yet. Alaska. (laughs) Alaska. (laughs) Idaho. Wyoming. Nebraska. Arkansas. West Virginia. Not surprising as virtually all of their energy still comes from coal. Mm right? Um, and actually there was a thing, hmm, Washington post. I can't remember. I will find the link. We'll put it in the show notes that actually shows a breakdown of every state up to like last week where they're getting their energy now oh, and wow. how that's changed over time. It's really helpful for folks to feel empowered about, uh, their locality. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Alaska, Idaho, Wyoming, Nebraska, Arkansas, West Virginia, raise your fucking hands. Um, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Fucking Florida. I mean, Jesus Christ, Florida. Louisiana Louisiana is half underwater already. Uh. Uh, These places (laughs) haven't done anything. But let's focus on the positives, right? Let's focus on the action. The states of Hawaii and California have the most aggressive RPS requirement of 100% renewable by 2045, right? Boom. 100%. That is a standard to rise to. So. To be clear, most of these are not going to be 100% by some date in the near future. They're they're setting, these RPS things are all over the place. A lot of them are 20% or 25% by 2032, et cetera, et cetera. But the key is because of the momentum and because of the way the market is going, we're going to blow past those fucking things, right? It's like three years ago, everybody said EVs were going to take forever to adopt, and and we're just blowing these things out of the water, right? I see a Tesla every day. Right. The article article on Wired this week was like, holy shit, we need so many more electric charges than we thought we needed. Right. And we need them set. So we're going to blow up by those and we're going to get into why. So let's dial into our our focus uh, this week, which is the state that's not a state. Remember, states of Hawaii and California have the most aggressive goals. Is greener than your state. So Jamie, tell us why and how D.C. is actually different. Tell me what you did. What did you do? So... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> i swear it's a good thing <laughs> dc now has the most ambitious climate legislation anywhere in the country so dc is just passed a law the mayor just signed it uh in january of 2019 into law that requires the district to source 100 percent of its electricity from renewable sources by 2032 right which you so, might know so that's
0: 13 fucking years early yeah yeah <laughs> wow um, yeah, we
2: know we have all the technology we need to power our society from 100% renewables. We just lack the political will to get there. Um, and uh, so in D.C., we've made the political will. Yeah.
0: So uh, I also just want to clarify for everybody because I was being really not subtle about it. D.C. is not a state. Right. For all the people who sorry, still can't name all clear, our sorry. states. <laughs> no, no, no. For a lot of people, it's not a fucking clear. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, for half the people, it's clear. They go okay, cool. And you go, great. So what, what is it? And people are like, well, I don't fucking know. Like, what does D, the D. <laughs> DC party even stand for? Right. Well, the point is it's, uh, we can have an entirely other conversation about this, but it's what 700,000 people, something like that, that do not have representation in Congress. Right. Oh, right. Which right, is insane. Right. Yeah. Uh, so More people than Vermont. Yep. It's, it's a nightmare nice. and we need to fix that in the next six, eight years, Puerto Rico and DC. So the point is the state that is not a state, is more aggressive than all the rest. So great work, everybody. So Jamie, if we can back up a little bit, and I know your, your bill is pretty unique as well, because it's actually going after transportation as well, but not in the way folks would expect. Uh, tell us, uh, I guess, give us the past, let's say five years of building up to this and, and then how this thing went through. Cause I believe it passed unanimously as well, which is also a shocker. It, it
2: um, did. Pass so uh,
0: we also it, it really helps for people to understand how this blueprint was put together. So can you talk us through that a little bit?
2: So this campaign uh, was a three-year campaign. It was led primarily by the Chesapeake Climate Action Network and Camilla Thorndike, uh, which is an all-star organization with an all-star employee. And first, the campaign sort of got a lot of people together. And the the, the two takeaways from the DC campaign are one. The first thing you do is build a strong, broad, powerful coalition. And the second thing you do is you never give up. And if you follow those two steps, you can take what nobody has ever done
1: anywhere and make it the law of the land.
0: That's a and, pretty baller speech. We could just stop right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was how many minutes in are we? We didn't need to take yep. a note to <laughs> stop.
0: 15 minutes. Yeah, that everyone can get yep. time back. <laughs> so tell us what that means in practice.
2: So. First, we had to build our own coalition, and we ended up getting about a hundred organizations in DC to sort of agree to work on this campaign. And these are not just typical environmental groups like the Sierra Club. It also included um, like uh, social organizations, low-income advocates. I think healthcare advocates for the homeless um, and Ben's Chili Bowl, sort of non-conventional allies, faith leaders. We're all in this coalition and working like a well-oiled machine. And once you have your side in line. Something happened on this campaign that I've never seen happen anywhere else is the the lead sponsor of the bill, Mary Che, who we're forever grateful to, sat Ooh. us in a room, now, who, all of us. Who's Mary friends.
0: Che? Sorry, if you could back she, up.
2: Sorry, Mary Che is a council member on the D.C. Council. Great. So she introduced this bill. She's the lead sponsor. But she said, before I introduce it, you got to do this one thing. You need to sit in a room with all of your friends, but then also everyone who's not your friend. You have to sit in the room with Washington Gas, with the utilities, with the parking garage people, with the hospitals, with the universities, with the um, consortium of business owners and property owners, all the people who disagree with you and come to consensus about what the bill is going to be. And when was that? That the first of those meetings, I think, was in March of 2018. Okay. Okay. And we met for two hours on a Friday. We had like blocked out two hours. So we have a lot of time to talk. And we met for two hours and got nowhere. People pointed fingers. Right. You know, people, we weren't coming to the table in good faith. Everybody had their own institutional priorities. Does that include so you guys? Came, I, I, our institutional priority was to reduce climate change. Right? <laughs> save, save the world. <laughs> no big deal. Um, yeah, but, but we came back the next week. We met for another two hours and got almost nowhere. And then we came back the next week, met for another two hours. and But we took a baby step and we kept coming back. Actually, I think it was about three months where we met every Friday for two hours, locked in a room, arguing, pointing fingers and sometimes agreeing. Um, And what came out of that is a bill that passed the council unanimously and I think is the strongest, best legislation we could have passed in D.C. And when I talked to the lead lobbyist from Washington Gas, he says he thinks it's the best possible outcome. So we really did end up coming to consensus through a lot and lot of dialogue.
1: Yeah, never stopping, never giving up, like you said. <clears throat> yeah. Uh,
0: so you you got to a place where you were unanimous, which is not a word that's bandied about in, in anywhere, much less Washington yeah. D.C. very often. And and, <laughs> and 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 again, that's just on a federal level. I mean, I, I understand. I'm from Virginia, D, you know, D.C. City, city, quote unquote, city politics are are complicated and ugly for a lot of reasons. Um, what are some of the obstacles you ran into in getting to unanimous? Like specifically, you talk about all these players in the game.
2: A huge obstacle is is building trust. I mean, so I'm I'm Quaker, and it's really important to me to see that there is that of God in every person. Even the, the lead lobbyist for a fossil fuel company like that person, even that guy, even are you that sure? person, you, are you I have faith. <laughs> there's not there's not always evidence. You are a good man. But I do have faith. That is a leap um, of faith. <laughs> um, and I, I truly believe and this is born by my experience, both in D.C. and in Congress, that if you sit down and engage in respectful dialogue and hear people's concerns. And address those concerns, then you can do things that you wouldn't be able to do if you dismissed them out of hand. If you said, oh, we're never going to find anything we agree on with that person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is that is the beauty of the Citizens Climate Lobby. The Citizens Climate Lobby um, is dedicated to civil dialogue, which I think we lack a lot right now. I think a lot of uh, what's happening in America is a social media bubbly, bubble on one side, reinforcing its own beliefs in a social media bubble on the other, enforcing its own why, beliefs. Why
0: do you feel that way? That's weird.
2: <laughs> I know. I, it's, it's amazing It's um, that anyone could, that, that we are where we are. But I, I really think that if you, it takes courage and it's not comfortable. And it feels a lot better to talk to the people who agree with you because they're going to say, yeah, you're absolutely right. And we love that. We all, who doesn't love that? But if the beautiful thing about government, it's that it's the one place where we have to sit down, regardless of who you follow on Twitter, and have
0: dialogue. That's impressive. Uh, it is impressive. It, DC is a complicated place. I know there's a, lot of, there's a lot of players there, so that's interesting. So what do you feel like were your first breakthroughs, going from everybody pointing fingers in the first meeting to getting to unanimous?
2: And so the initial bill that we were, we were advocating for was a price on carbon. Mm. And that was sort of the primary aspect of the bill. What ultimately passed had a, a price on carbon as a component, but it was smaller. It wasn't the lead component of the bill. Mm. And a price on carbon is really, I feel convinced of this, is the most effective way to reduce emissions rapidly. Just like 90 plus percent of scientists agree, based on the evidence, that humans are causing climate change, very similarly 90-plus percent of economists agree, based on the evidence, that pricing carbon is the most effective way to reduce emissions. So if we're talking about being evidence-based and being informed by the experts, um, it's important that we include a price on carbon in our solution to climate change. Mm -hmm. To give you—sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. I'm just listening. To your soothing voice, Um, telling us how (laughs) how this all worked out, please.
2: Carbon pricing, carbon pricing. Um, I'm going to get back to DC, but while I'm on this, when you get me excited about carbon pricing, I just keep talking.
0: No, man, I can get into it. Let's do Um, it.
2: Oh yeah, we're excited about that. Um, So recently introduced into Congress was the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act, and this is a policy that would make polluters pay a fee for every ton of pollution they emit, known as a price on carbon or a carbon tax. And it takes that the money generated and gives it back to everyone in America. So you, you Quinn, would get a monthly deposit in your bank account um, paid for by polluters.
0: Uh, and that, that is one of the sticking points that, that has come around in all the different versions of this, right? All these uh, all the economists, past and present, most of them say, look, we've we got to have some sort of fee. We've moved away from calling it a tax because everybody fucking hates taxes. Right. We're calling it a fee. Smart. The question, the uh, some of the reasons it's failed besides insane lobbying by all these uh, industries uh, is that the question has been great. We agree on it. However, we don't agree where the money's going to go. Now we've settled on, look, it's just got, it's just got to be a fucking check back to the people, right? It's got to be the most palatable thing possible to these mm-hmm. people. And then the key is, um, you know, of course, is it a stepladder of, of where do we start the pricing and how does it build up? Because everyone says, well, start it at uh, 40 bucks a ton. And, and uh, you know, the main economists are, uh, who actually are aware of, of the indication of what what a mm-hmm. metric ton of carbon does right. or like it actually needs to be like $500 <laughs> um so the question is is like can we build up to 5000 i think like evs you know and 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 like uh, uh, especially wind but solar as well once we once we start building towards these things and it is inevitable uh, everybody sees the fucking writing on the wall and the number matters less than the fact that companies know they have to work towards it. And as we've talked about in past podcasts, they realize there's actually a chance to innovate here because we can become a a leader in a space that helps someone not have to pay this fee. Right. Um, and and that's the key is like just to, 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 to what is the, what is, what is the term? Uh, like the wedge of the knife or the wedge of the hatchet that just gets you in the door. Right. right, What, what is the, what is the, the, the edge of that, that just gets it going because then, eventually it becomes inevitable because no one's just going to sit here and pay 40 bucks for forever and be like, we're fine. I mean, some people will, but the rest of them are going to go look clearly the direction we're going is that this thing is going to build. We might as well turn our business as big as it might be at this point. Right.
2: Right. And to give you a perspective of the level of emission reduction that this bill will achieve, it will reduce U.S. emissions 40% in 12 years. And to give you scale of what 40% of U.S. emission means, if we transitioned our entire electric grid to renewable energy, we weren't burning any more coal or gas to power our electricity, that would reduce U.S. emissions by 28%. This will reduce emissions 40% in 12 years. I mean, it's a it's a lot. It, that's because it is a lot. Got and it. I haven't even
1: told you the, the most unbelievable part of this bill yet. Wait, Are you going to ask w- what it is? Sir, what is the most unbelievable part of this bill? I'm, I have to know. <laughs>
2: This bill, the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act, has Republican and Democratic support. Oh wow! What does is,
1: what,
0: is, what does that mean? That means that, that uh, when it was in, how does that work?
2: When it was introduced in the 2018 Congress, it had three Republican original co-sponsors.
0: Well, did you kidnap them?
2: <laughs>
0: no, I'm telling you, there's that
2: of God in everyone. Um, God, you're a better person. But, than but me. in all seriousness, the the Citizens Climate Lobby has a long history of doing the impossible a few years ago we were told it was impossible to get Republicans to acknowledge the reality of climate change and our volunteers went out and we we created helped create the Gibson resolution which is a resolution uh, it was in I think like two congresses ago that was just of Republicans and all it said was climate change is caused by humans and that's all it said wow and and that was a good first step and so then people told us okay good job good job but you're never going to get Republicans to talk about solutions. So then we created the Climate Solutions Caucus, a caucus for members of Congress. And we got Republicans to join it. And they said, OK, maybe you got a few sort of Republicans in purple districts, but you'll never get a lot of them. We ended up getting, I think, upwards of like 45 Republicans to join the Climate Solutions Caucus, which meant they met regularly with other members of Congress on both sides of the aisle to talk about solutions to climate change. And then everybody said, OK, that's. You've got them talking about solutions, but they're never going to introduce a right. bill. <laughs> and now we've introduced a bill.
1: It's crazy. And, you and guys we should were be told in charge of impossible. everything. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. We've taught, We've had a few uh, Republicans who are who are who uh, realize that climate change is real right on our podcast. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. I, they do exist. They're here. They're out there. So, so uh, Jamie, getting back to D.C., uh, Quinn had mentioned something uh, earlier about you going after transportation, too. What's the what's going on there?
2: Uh, so the D.C. bill that passed actually requires anyone who has a fleet of more than 50 vehicles to transition to 100% electric vehicles by 2040.
0: Hmm.
2: So if you're U-Haul and
1: you have a fleet in D.C., by
2: 2040, you will have an all-electric fleet.
1: Yeah, that's, um, so that's like U-Haul, that that's like any UPS, FedEx, yeah, all the yeah, all the anyone public with transportation, a fleet of 50 course. cars. Wow. Uh Taxis, yeah, public limousines. Transportation. Ooh,
2: this is good. I know. And 2040, all electric. And you know whose idea that was? Do you know who came up with that idea? You? Brian? It was it was the the
1: electric utilities. Wow.
0: Huh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> interesting I, I love that and it, it does sense like again no one's going to be like oh 2039 we got six months we better do this thing it's like they see the writing on the wall right and so theoretically this thing is going to start making progress much much earlier
2: is there and, and oh go ahead I'm sorry that's part of what we could do at the state level I mean state action on its own is never going to reduce our emissions at the rate that we need to to stay right. to keep the earth from heating up more than 1.5 degrees Celsius. But by taking action at the state level, we can start the curve of innovation and start the curve of policy innovation that gets us to national policy and gets us to the global reductions
1: we need. Are are there is there uh, any hope, any chance that we could uh, uh, that you know for for private transportation there could be uh, uh a. new rules like congestion charges or banning banning cars downtown or whatever we've there's there's some cities in Europe that are doing that pretty soon mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. no no uh you know no no more diesel and yeah, yeah. no gas uh, within the downtown like city limits i mean that would be incredible if if dc could sort of become america's you know biggest biking city and no no tailpipes in the capital no emissions in the capital that would be <laughs> i uh, i think we should do that I, but let's we'll make that the next one Okay. That'd be great. Not
0: discounting what you've already done, <laughs> no, which no, is no. amazing. It's just, <laughs> I, we're, we're fucking greedy. And I just, I think about, you know, I brought my, brought my oldest kid, uh, to walk around DC last summer and, and he loved it so much. And it's amazing. And obviously it's got a bunch of traffic like everybody else. And it's, it's very specifically laid out. Uh, it's just like the idea of like, Oh my God, like what, what, what if that's like a place you can hang your flag on and say like, we're, we're going to lead the way on that. And this is a there's bike lanes everywhere and there's, there's scooters everywhere. And, and it's, it is a, it is a walking city. We just got clear everything else out of there. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. But if you just do that next, that'd
0: be great. Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Thank you. So So what do you feel like where the, so we talked about the obstacles. We talked about getting everybody to invest. What, we always want to paint a blueprint for so that people can look at this in the context of their their own municipality, whether that's a a big place or a small, Uh, what do you feel like were the biggest lessons you learned about how to efficiently move this along? Not like, Hey, this is how we got to unanimous. It's like, what did we have to learn along the way about dealing with a situation like this with so many invested people?
2: Well, I, I, I started talking about this earlier and I got distracted by how much I love carbon pricing yeah please but the the the, real, the bill was originally a carbon pricing bill and that was the co- the core of it and the other side sort of knew that if we enacted a carbon price that would set a national precedent that would it's kind of a revolutionary act to put a price on carbon you really have to transform your business model once you've done that yeah and so they they sort of knew how effective it would be and were pushing back and we were sort of at loggerheads for the like we'd meet at these friday meetings and for the longest time all we could talk about was i think a carbon price is good i think a carbon price is bad and then we'd come back next week and have the same <laughs> conversation and then what ended up happening is is we basically gave up on the carbon pricing which was tragic for me i i like stayed up nights wondering whether we should still support this bill and i think one lesson if if you're ever going if you're ever in a situation where you need to reach consensus you're going to have to give something up and you're going to have to find something that's important to you. And that'll make you cry if it goes away and you might have to wave to it and yeah. say goodbye. Um, but that ultimately was the breakthrough that allowed everyone around that room to come to consensus on the strongest climate legislation in the country. Wow. That's
0: pretty awesome. It, you do have to, and 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 you feel like, again, you guys are groundbreaking here for, for how aggressive it is, but uh, you know, you're not the first ones to do it, which is good. So it, it's not like these institutions, these these uh, you know the the power generators and operators are looking around, going, "What the fuck is this idea? Like they've never heard of it. Right, like right. they they know that they will have to compromise in some way. It's just a matter of, you know, it's like oh, God, what's the, what's the amazing uh, negotiating book that everybody loves? Get, getting past no or getting to yes or whatever. Getting to yeah, you know, where the idea is like you don't just talk about like what everybody's like ownership stake is in this like you got to first talk about like what are your interests in in this you know what do you want to get out of what do you want to get out of this like why are you participating in this right. why do you do what you do um you know and they they want to still be in business you know and and everybody's mm-hmm. gonna be different but if you don't put those things on the board first it becomes very difficult to get to the point of of actually horse trading on what matters right And the exciting news is
2: that uh, campaigns like this are going on in states um, all across the country, Um, in New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Maine, Oregon, California, Vermont. I said Vermont, Virginia, Maryland, Utah, (laughs) and and New Mexico. So uh, these are all states that I'm sort of tracking what's happening and and helping to replicate the success of this D.C. campaign.
0: And and it is exciting. I mean, despite what's happening on the federal level, um, you know, it's. Both, both what's happening on the state level, what's happening with the cities, what's happening in some of these international cities. there's that article and we'll put it in the show notes again so that in in a lot of places, not most places yet, but not just a few, it is cheaper now to build an entirely new renewable installation oh, yeah. than to continue using an existing fossil fuel installation, which is insane. If you'd told someone three, five, six seven years ago that that was an option like in 2019, they would laugh you out of the fucking park, <laughs> right? But that's what's right. happening now already.
2: And, and Cell Energy is actively retiring coal plants to build new solar plus battery storage, and they serve I think six states.
0: It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Um, but they but it has become like, oh, like if we want to be greeny weenie, we should we we should consider that to like oh we have to do that right. or we're going out <laughs> of business. And because the Absolutely. right thing to do for our business and, 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 Brian and I have just taken on the, and some people argue with it. It's like, whatever the means are that gets us to the end. Great. Yeah. If that's the thing. And that's how we feel when we're talking to a, a reverend or a Quaker or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, whatever, whatever your values are that gets you to that place so that we all don't, don't die. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, but it is, I don't want to die. Yeah. It, it, it does feel like uh, uh Raiders of the Lost Ark though. Right. That, that fucking ball is just rolling. And, Which was and, just
1: on. <laughs> I literally just watched that scene. It's it was very real.
0: Yeah, it, it
1: it's very real. Wow. Um, uh, all right. I hope we have oh. the
2: same ending as Indiana Jones had,
1: right? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, God. So <laughs> all right. So, like we mentioned before, Jamie, uh, the goal of uh, every conversation we have here is to work towards um, steps, action steps that that we can all take uh, to to support to support you, um, uh, uh using, you know, uh, our voice and our vote and our dollar. So, uh, let's do that. How do we and our, and our listeners support, uh, your endeavors with first their voice
0: and, and, and knowing that you've already, I mean, DC's done great. You did that. So, so not necessarily the fight there, but right, wherever maybe we- it's twofold. It's, it's supporting, uh, citizens climate lobby, but also, using this as a blueprint to, to raise a ruckus in their own municipality. So again, let's start with their with their voice.
2: So Citizens Climate Lobby has volunteers in every single congressional district. So wherever you are in the country, there is almost certainly an active chapter that meets once a month of the Citizens Climate Lobby in your in your district. In your congressional district. And the most effective voice of use of your voice, there was actually a study of con- members of Congress and it sort of was asking staff. the survey was actually of staff, a member of Congress, and it asked, what is the most what is the thing that is most likely to change your member of Congress's mind on an issue?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: A member of Congress believes one thing, what is the number one thing that moves them to believe something different? And the answer by far and large across the board was an in-person meeting with constituents. Mm. Uh, so you actually right now could send an email to your member of congress and set up a meeting with their staff and you like you don't have to have any qualifications you don't need security clearance you could go in and meet with the office of your member of congress in the next month if you want if you took the initiative to set that up right. and we believe that by having those dialogues and having constituents talk to members of congress not corporate lobbyists not paid people but people who are there because they care that shifts the national dialogue and that's what has made us successful in taking the impossible and making it possible
1: damn um uh so uh, so i didn't know that that was a thing uh so if i yeah, did, you know yeah. you just if, send an email yeah if i did that you know once i'm in there uh and i get this meeting what are the you know what questions do i need to be asking the the actionable big you, actionable you can ask whatever so first
2: of all the way to think of it is a member of congress works for you right um you would never hire someone and then say i'll check in on how you're doing two years from now <laughs> right um you you hire someone and you have regular check-ins and i encourage you to have a regular check-in with your employee in congress right um to, to make sure they're doing what you want them to do but you you if you go to citizensclimatelobby.org, you can plug in with the chapter they meet every month on a Saturday um, and you can sort of, they will give you the training that you could use to make that meeting the most effective. Yeah,
1: that, that'd that be great because that would be, a, you know, as good as that is uh, to know that I can do that. Uh, it would not be a terrible idea to have a little bit of a... a little bit of a plan. A little bit of a plan going in.
0: <laughs> right? And that's what we want to do, you know. Again, we don't want to... We want to arm people with, with, with uh, you know the, the most specific things they can go in there that uh, the questions uh, that apply to every uh, municipality, um, or district, and and the ones uh, that are specific to right. theirs. Right. I support plans. Deal. I ah, support good. plans. Excellent. Very, very helpful. Brian loves plans. I've been trying to get him
1: to read the Checklist <laughs> Manifesto for four years. Have you read the Checklist Manifesto, Jamie? It's great. I,
2: I haven't, but I've listened to your other podcasts, and I've heard that this does come up mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, it it does,
1: does come up a Mostly lot. The it
2: R- does come yeah,
0: up a lot. The fact yep. that I
1: haven't read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe
0: it's uh, a <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, amazing writer. And uh, one day, one day, I'm just right. going to pile them on the desk in front of Brian until he can't pull his computer down.
1: Great. Thanks so. for that. All right. So, great. We can we can use our voice to go in and uh set up a meeting with our uh, representatives uh it's not an election moment so we'll skip uh, voting except to say that when it is time obviously find candidates who want to uh, save the world mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. support them with a burning passion mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, uh so what about uh, their dollar what can we do uh, with our dollars
2: you can donate to the citizens climate lobby
1: and what is that citizen do? where does that money what go? that
2: Citizens Climate Lobby is, first of all, primarily a volunteer-run organization. Oh, great. So our operating budget is a fraction, a small percentage of what a lot of other big green operating budgets are. Um, So that's going to pay core staff whose only job is to facilitate constituents um, who are flying in to meet with members of Congress or meeting in district with a member of Congress. And that, that also helps us sort of do the smallest, most efficient, Staff operation, we can in order to empower the volunteers we have in every district across the country.
0: Okay, so there, so donations go to the the overall organization that are then doled out to each district. Is that how it works? Or,
2: or doled out to the staff and the regional coordinators who facilitate the process <laughs> of constituents meeting with members of Congress.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that's super helpful. And and how big is the organization? The organization has a budget. Well so the organization
2: has, I think, like 40 staff, um, but I think about 100,000 volunteers. Wow. Like I said, in every national wow. district.
0: So you have an actual army.
2: Yeah, we we have an we have an army built and marching. We march to to Congress every June. Every June we have our national conference. Um, you should come to come to con- come to DC. We should. Speak. Stay in DC and then meet with your member of Congress after being trained by the Citizens Climate Lobby to meet with them and talk effectively about climate change.
0: We're in. It'll be great. It's a good plan. Brian, oh, thank you. Brian, I'm so glad you'll be there. Brian, you could wear that. Brian dressed up <laughs> today. He looks great. I just have a, sh- I have a normal. No, it's kind of like how would you just, what is it? Is it's like sand colored pants? Is that what they call them? I don't think so, but. Uh, okay. And then, the then like a nice sand. dark green. It's not a turtleneck. It's like if a turtleneck didn't have the turtle part it's up just, top. A nice fitted sweater. It's, just, green. it's well, It is fitted.
2: Well, I speak for the listeners in saying that I can't see you. So I hope that you will come to DC in June with the Citizens Climate Lobby. And I hope all the listeners do, and then we can all see.
0: I wouldn't actually now I back that up. I wouldn't wear that because if you've ever been to DC in the summer, that's not what we're looking for. I have been to DC in summer. You'd be soaked through as if as if you'd taken at least at least two showers. Fully clothed showers. Yeah. yeah. But But it really is is
1: beautiful and warm in the summer.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Sweat yourself clean. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. Wow, this has been incredible. Um uh we are so happy that you that you came in, and chatted with us today, Jamie. Hope, hope we hope you are too. I've I've, I've really enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> you two are fun to talk to. Mm, Ditto. Yeah. You should uh you should be here in person. It's a different story. Yeah, it's a different story. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey Jamie. Um, just like we got uh the great wreck uh from uh Andreas. Can you, we're always happy to get uh, future uh, podcast guest recommendations from the wonderful current guests. Uh, so if you ever have anybody that you think we should talk to, even if it's not right this moment, um, please let us know.
0: And not just climate. Uh, again, any of those big things are affecting everybody right now, from from medicine to, to climate to space, things like that. People are out there doing awesome things that are either big names or, or not at all. We're always happy to identify and, and harass both of them.
2: Well, I I used to work on nuclear disarmament. Ooh, that's actually um,
0: specific this week. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes, uh, we are retreating from an arms deal, which is tragic. And I actually have someone who I think would be perfect for this.
0: Uh, Awesome. Oh, that's so great beautiful you can send it uh to us via what's the word email fax oh yeah fax no we don't <laughs> we got rid of the fax machine got it. that's right i forgot <clears> I'll,
1: <throat> I'll send it over snapchat
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: brian's in charge of that side <laughs> i do not i don't even i barely know what snapchat is yeah um what is it i don't understand i'm not kidding i don't i don't know uh we're too old uh jamie it's like a... <laughs> no no <go> ahead. <laughs> no
2: please no this is important i was just gonna say it's like a camera but your memory is broken
0: is all it is oh man that, oh wow. that It
1: It just doesn't sound appealing. Sounds awful. (laughs) Uh, Great. Well, we'll we'll look into Snapchat. Uh, (laughs) Quinn mentioned this before, Jamie. It's lightning round time. Uh, Little note, these are not lightning round Uh questions, so I don't know why it's called that. But it's going to yep. be fun.
0: Well, that's what other people we call it. We hope you're ready. Yep. So I don't even know
1: what a lightning round is. Good, it, Good, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> and
0: now this will be your idea of it forever. Uh, Jamie, when was the first time in your life when you re- realized you had the power of change or the power to do something meaningful?
2: It's funny. I listened to the last podcast with varshni from Sunrise. Mm-hmm. And she talked about going to the Forward on Climate rally um, in D.C. around the Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is my same answer. Oh, you, I went to that. You're rally. Copying your answer? Whoa! I'm not. I that's always been my answer. Mm-hmm. I'll have you know. Um, no, that <laughs> rally I think was the start of the modern climate movement, and I remember going there, and I just I remember seeing someone who was pumping her fist in the air and saying like, "One, we are the people. Two, we are united. Three, we will not let you build this pipeline." Whoa! And and like I got so revved, ah. I um. I remember like the juices that started flowing and I was like, this is where we are and this is
1: where we need to be. Man. That's awesome.
0: That rocks. I I would get pretty pumped up. Also, we're definitely going to take that and make a remix out of it. (laughs) And we're going to, we're going to drop our first single. No, just be sure to pay me real royalty. Oh yeah. Well, don't worry from what we hear. They're extensive. Uh, Uh, (laughs) the way everything is not broken at all. Uh, Hey, uh, Jamie, who is someone in your life that's positively impacted your work in the past six months? If you copy Varsini's answer here, it's going to be really I, weird.
2: I, I am not going to do yeah, that. Um, <laughs> her, her answer was her mom, so I'm not going to say that. Um, but I, I believe that every person you work with, you can see as a mentor. And I believe that the most effective way to grow your work is to take your favorite part of every person who you work with and add that to your repertoire. Hmm. With that said, uh, I think the most recent mentor I've had is Andres Jimenez, who you've had on the show before. <sighs> who also works at the Citizens Climate Lobby, he has taught me a lot about the power and importance of relationship. That if you put relationship between people first and sort of bond interpersonally and and make that a priority, then everything else will come after. And he is now running for office. He is running for state delegate in Fairfax, Virginia, um, and everyone should support him. Fairfax. I've been there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, he texted me about that the other night and I couldn't have been more excited. Uh, I know.
2: I can't wait to knock
0: on doors for him. Yeah, he's going to stir some shit up. It's going to be pretty great.
1: Jamie, what do you do specifically when you feel uh, overwhelmed?
2: Um, I don't know if you're going to like my answer, but this week I got a dog.
0: Yes! I'm not some sort of dog-hating
1: monster. I just like cats. (laughs)
0: That's fine. I don't
1: I'm very happy with your answer and congratulations.
0: Uh, All right, let's wait, let's yeah, dig into this real quick. Uh, 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 um, what kind of dog, how old, what's his name? Yellow lab. Um,
2: he is one years old and his name is Abe. Oh, Abe. I love so it. Good.
1: Where did yeah. you get him? Uh,
2: my former housemate's dad could no longer take care of him. Uh, so I, I, picked him up. Now he lives with me and my housemates and he really likes to fall asleep with some part of your body like under his neck.
1: Oh, this is really just, wonderful news.
0: Right. Versus <laughs> a cat who would fall asleep with some part of his body <clears throat> under his neck so that it could be closer to you so it could kill you.
1: I could send you so, <laughs> so many photos of my adorable cat cuddling with me and just being amazing and not trying to murder me.
0: No, no, no. But it's plotting the whole time. Yeah. it's. Pl- I told you, if cats were 200 pounds, we'd all be dead. Great. <laughs> They're just waiting. They're yeah. just waiting.
2: Have you heard of lions? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I know.
2: So, what's that?
1: <laughs> um, wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, you have years, years of uh, of good times and love ahead of you with that with Abe, and that's amazing. And I'm <sighs> happy. How do you consume the news, Jamie? I have a subscription to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, and I flip
2: through those. Um, I, you usually when I wake up in the, I, I so I wake up in the morning and look at them, yeah. and then. I will admit, I too often do the thing where I just look at all the headlines and don't read any of them. But sometimes I read the articles. I want you to know. Okay. And then, of course, Facebook and Twitter, I spend too much time on. Yeah, Yeah, maybe
0: just, maybe not the Facebook one anymore. I mean, we're on there too, but it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) it feels like every day they're just like, it's like, again, having that crazy ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, where every day there's a red flag and you're like, I'm going to ignore that one. She's cute. <laughs> he's cute. Uh, Facebook's like, I'm telling, it's it's the whole thing. It's like someone, t- people tell you who they are. It's up to you whether to ignore it or not. Right, right. right? And Facebook's like, here we, this is us. Every fucking day.
1: Right? Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, um, bring it home, Brian. <clears throat> our One of our favorite questions. Jamie, if you could Amazon Prime one book to Donald Trump, what book would it be?
0: Hmm. Any book we've got I, from coloring books to the Constitution. I would send Donald
2: Trump <laughs> Les Miserables. Ooh, have we had
1: that before? I don't think so. Actually,
0: oh, it's so good that Hugh Jackman. Um, oh, you mean the book? Think,
1: the Victor- book. <laughs> I think Hugh Jackson narrates the. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
0: why the book?
2: Tell us. It, it is a story of redemption. It's a it's a story of how our criminal justice system can be flawed. And do more harm than good, and it's a story of what can happen to regimes if you don't listen to the will of the people.
1: Boom. I Like that. That's pretty awesome. Awesome. We will we will add it to our Amazon book list. Thank That's you.
0: right. Uh, we we have oh, an Amazon okay. list um, that Brian puts out once in a while. It's All the books once everybody once in a while. <laughs> everybody recommends uh, books, and people can literally click on them and send them to the White House. So. <laughs> pretty great. Up. You might have to send the abridged version of that's Linux. Fine. I'm not yeah, sure okay. have the attention span. <laughs> well, I don't know why you would think that. Uh, all right, Jamie, last one. Where can our listeners follow you on the internet? Uh, my Twitter is at Jamie DeMarco1,
2: jamiedemarco1 J-A-M-I-E D-E-M-A-R-C-O 1 That's the place to follow. Me.
0: Okay, and what Perfect. about uh, the, the climate lobby? You
2: can follow Citizens Climate Lobby at at Citizens Climate. That's their Twitter. Awesome.
0: awesome. And what's their uh, webpage so that people can go there and send them their hard-earned cash?
1: CitizensClimateLobby.org. Awesome. And um,
0: that's, oh,
1: sorry, on that website is also where you can find where your like local chapter is, basically, to, to join? Find find your local chapter, that's right. Awesome. Because
0: you said you guys are everywhere already, everywhere. which is both like empowering we and creepy. We
1: are everywhere. Great. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, well jamie this has been r- super great we we really appreciate your time today we appreciate you cleaning up dc uh you're like a, a batman but for but for portfolio energy standards Ooh, we're cool. sending clean energy to the white house Um Love it. that's great i'm they don't deserve it um <laughs> but, but that's that's super cool man uh thank you for your time today for all that you do keep kicking ass out there can't wait to hear about what your next project is and we will talk to you soon man
1: and tell Abe we I, say hello.
0: Oh, yeah. Just give him a good rub. He's such a good oh, boy. I'll,
1: I'll tell Abe that Quinn says hello. Yeah. This is awful. <laughs> this has been awful. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jamie. We'll talk to you, man. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Be
0: good. Thanks to our incredible guest today. And thanks to all of you for tuning in.